Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru is Fantasy Football Podcast. And we are up to the New Orleans Saints. And uh, for the first time, um, Derek Carr finds himself in a different uniform with a familiar head coach, but in a different uniform, Wiz. Yeah, and Derek Carr really, really hurt me last year. I had so much invested in him. And uh, based on the year before, and then he was getting Devontae Adams and it just went wrong for everybody in that offense, with the exception of Adams and, and Jacobs. Uh, Renfro was a complete bust, and Derek Carr, just, it, it was just awful. But he's got new life. Um, I'm interested where you have Derek Carr, certainly not inside the top 12 or 10 for me, uh, but um, quarterback two with upside is probably how I view him. How do you view him? He had a terrible year last year. Was I mean, 60% completion percentage, which is in this day and age in the NFL, not good. Uh, 14 picks, the way it all ended, uh, you know, after some couple of, uh, after, like you said, a very promising year the year before. I, I don't know, Wiz. Um, you know, this is a player with a 63-79 and 79 starting record uh, in the NFL. Now, that's not all on him. It's a byproduct of the Raiders having really bad drafts, a multitude of really bad drafts for a number of years. Um, he's, to me, he's kind of the perfect number two quarterback, spot starter on an injury or uh, bye week type of stuff. But I guess my confidence is a bit shaken from last year, and, and the change of scenery doesn't get me all giddy, despite the fact I think there are some weapons here. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not supremely confident in, in Derek Carr was. Interesting. Uh, I can certainly under, understand the reservations uh, about that. But uh, I think, you know, your point about him being, let's say, a perfect um, number two quarterback is probably right, at least in – in in my view, that's how I that's how I kind of see it. I, I guess um, the one really positive thing was is the fact that Dennis Allen is the guy that drafted him, right? So he know he knows the player quite well, and you know he's he's taken over at head coach here, and uh, you know Jameis Winston will be behind him, uh, but you know again, uh, just production has been a struggle for Derek Carr. If you look at his statistics, he's finished somewhere between. 15th and 20th in per game production among quarterbacks three three years uh, three years in a row. So, you know, you and I thought we'd take a kind of that big jump with Adams coming by last year. We, we both kind of felt that way, but it just it just did not play out. No, it did not. So we'll, we'll see, you know, how, how it looks. There's a, a lot of talent. It's a, an interesting mix of players, uh, especially once you think about Mike Thomas and the uh, soap opera that has been going on with him the last couple of years and the three-game suspension of Alvin Kamara. And let's get into that. Um, so when you have a three-game suspension and you're, you're ranking a player, um, it obviously takes something off. You're, you're missing um, three out of a 14-game fantasy football regular season. I certainly would not draft Alvin Kamara for many reasons, inside the top 12 in the position now, uh, he's missing three games. Jamal Williams has proven to be a, a touchdown vulture. So for those reasons, I'm curious, um, combination of Williams, uh, another talented young running back in Andre Miller is the third guy. Um, with all of those things baked in there, 
how are you ranking and how are you viewing Alvin Kamara coming into the season? Uh, you know, this is a player I, I loved uh, coming into the draft many years ago. Um, the, tr- the, the statistics have gone one way, and that's down, down, down. And last year is yards per carry. He's become an, kind of a non-entity in the passing game the last couple of years, not anywhere near he, where he was when he started his career, his first three seasons. Uh, you mentioned Williams. You mentioned Miller. Uh, we didn't talk about Taysom Hill yet. That's going to take a while on goal line touches for him. Uh, count me out on Alvin Kamarowicz. Yeah, and I, I can understand the thinking behind that. Um you know, at what point would he fall into your lap where you'll say, okay, enough's enough. His value um, is so good where he's being left that I would take him. Would that get into running back three category? Like, where, at what point would you say, I have to take the plunge on Kamara? Yeah, probably three, but but it's probably, yeah, I'd say probably three. There's just no way I have him as a top two running back next this coming year. And Jamal Williams is standalone value with or without Kamara. He's a touchdown machine. Um, I don't want to say he's Marcus Allen, but he's one of these players that when you get down to the goal line, he just knows how to score. Um, So looking at Jamal Williams, the fact that he's going to get a three-game head start with the lion's share of the carries, Condre Miller, I think, is is still having a nagging injury. how are you viewing and ranking Williams on his own coming into the year? Yeah, I think Will. I, I, I at this point, I kind of have the two of these guys kind of next to one another because I think even when he, he comes back and let's say he does get off to that really good start, he's he can put himself in the driver's seat. So uh, I, I would think both of these players are kind of going to be ranked very close to one another for this season. And I think I think that's about right considering he's going to give him a three game head start and. Uh, and the propensity for touchdowns that Jamal Williams has, I think that makes sense. Uh, does anyone else in the running back we want to talk about, or we could get to the wide receiver? Well, I, I think you know M- Miller is one of these guys. If one, of, if something happens to either either one of Kamara or, or Williams, Mil- Miller is going to get a long look. And uh, I, I think I think the New Orleans Saints really like this player. Was yeah, he just has to get on the field himself. That's the issue. Um, he's he's missing valuable time and a real opportunity. But agree that he's a talented player. Um, yeah. So, he, but here's the thing: here was the the last year the, the, the Saints had 12 rushing touchdowns. Taysom Wilson, Taysom Hill had seven of them. Now, uh, I expect the offense to be better with Carr. Number one. Uh, number two, we mentioned the fact that Williams is here now, uh, who's definitely a way better goal line guy than Kamara is now. Kamara was very good in the goal line early in his career, but not not the same now. But Taysom Hill was the leading touchdown grabber rushing last year for the Saints. And, you know, he's going to stick his nose in there at times still, too, Wes. He certainly will, yeah. We'll get to, you know, the tight end situation with Taysom Hill. We'll we'll get to that. Um, I don't know what to do with Mike Thomas. I mean, I, I just think... You know, there's part of me who wants to say, oh, this guy could provide such value. He's he's not even being looked at. I mean, he's all the way down to, like, wide receiver four, not even barely inside the top 40 at the position, but also the rational side, the logical side. And he just says that this player just can't stay on the field and um, he's not worth an early pick. Uh, Raheed Shaheed is a talented player, who is going to have some big, 
big games. I think he's the modern-day Deshaun Jackson. Um, I, I don't mind having him on your fantasy team because I think if you could pick the right spots, if if Mike Thomas is, is not playing uh, a lot of snaps, he's, his value could go up. So I, I have no problem with drafting Raheed Shaheed um, with a, a lot of upside. I absolutely love Chris Olave. I mean, I just love this player. Uh, I think he's right on the cusp uh, going into the season as wide receiver one. Uh, I've seen uh, people have him inside the top 12, outside. I have him right there, right on the cusp of 12 or 13 at the position. Um, I just think with good quarterback play, the sky's the limit for Chris Olave. What say you as far as the receivers go? Yeah, yeah, I like Olave for sure. I think he's 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 to me he's kind of right in my top twelve, so I'm fine with that. And you know, over a thousand yards in his rookie season, despite you know kind of uh, a lot of noise at the quarterback position, I think he'll make a step up. And it seems like the chemistry is quite good with Carr, at least to start. Uh, I remember last year was in the uh, first game of the year. Uh, Mike Thomas had two touchdowns against the Falcons. He had eight targets. He had six catches, 65 yards. And people who had drafted him and taken a chance last year were, were giddy with enthusiasm. And then, uh, and he actually had two more okay games after that where he was getting targets and getting catches and then obviously gone for the season uh, after that. So uh, I have no problem with anybody wanting to roll the dice on the player. I don't think you want to invest any more than, you know, kind of a wide receiver, kind of four, three to four, something like that. But I, if, if you if you feel confident enough with your first couple of guys and, and, and your running backs at that point in time, I'm I'm OK with taking a chance. He's 30 now. That's the other thing that works against him. You just kind of worry with me, with Thomas, like I just kind of worry where the drive is. You know, he got paid a lot of money. Uh, I know they restructured the contract now, but. I don't know if he has the driveways, and that and that's part of the problem. And if you don't have that hunger, you know that's complicated. But I, they, he has every opportunity in the offense with a, with an established veteran with like Carr, where you know again he could be a, a big target and not far down the field and a big part of the offense and and hogging up because it's. Uh, yeah, he, he's got an opportunity. I, I don't blame the person. I'm not saying I'm the one that's going to be do it, but I don't blame the person for rolling the dice on the player. I want you to talk about a Shahid, a player that you like. Yeah, I, I like Shahid. Shahid's good. Um, and made some noise last year in the second half when he got an opportunity. Uh, and I think he'll he'll be he'll be he will be the number three guy here. And if anything happens to Thomas and Thomas not able to stay the field or Olave, Shahid is definitely a player that you're going to want to keep your eyes on. And there are teams that have zero tight ends that you could count on. This is an interesting tight end room here where I think there are potential for all three players to do something. Foster Moreau coming off that terrible illness and, and, and it seems he's recovered. Taysom Hill with his touchdown ability and to be used in different ways. And John Johnson is just a big, strong, fast, talented player. I have him atop the tight end room. Um, Probably is a tight end too, but I think there's there's a capability for production from all three of these tight ends. Why don't you we'll talk about who you have leading the way at the tight ends for the Saints? Uh, yeah, it's two different guys, right? Moreau is going to be more of the blocking side for me, but but Johnson, because of his ability around the end zone and his size, uh, for sure, has to be thought of. Seven touchdowns last year, 500 yards receiving, 40 odd catches, and Taysom Hill, where. If you're getting points, and you, first of all, you're going to be using him as a tight end, 
Uh, but he's getting rushing touchdowns. He's throwing the ball sometimes. He's catching the ball. I think there are some weeks where you know, Taysom Hill can you know, be a difference maker as a kind of a flex guy. So uh, in that order, I would go Johnson and Hill uh, with Moreau only getting action. I, I think, like I said, I think he'll be used more as a blocker uh, than, the, than the other two guys will be used more in, in those kind of different roles around the end zone and around the goal line. Alrighty, and um, we have a guy in our league who has a fascination with Will Lutz. I can't stand that kicker. Will Lutz sucks. <laughs> he, uh, I just can't stand that kicker. Uh, he'll never be drafted by any team that I'm drafting. Uh, uh, I think they may even be a kicking competition uh, in New Orleans, but I'm not going to draft Will Lutz. The Saints, however, is a different story. They have good defensive coaches. They put up some big numbers. They they gave Tom Brady fits for the last couple of years, even though he was like throwing for 5,000 yards when they played the Saints. Um, they had his number. Saints inside the top 10 or 12 uh, as far as defenses go. Do you agree with that, or do you have more of a screaming view on the Saints? No, I think the, I think the Saints are a top 12 defense. I do. I do. Um, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of talent on this defense, and if they're better offensively, it, it'll certainly help the defense defense out even more so. Uh, and Will Lutz for me, just, I had him in one league last year. I cut him. I, the guy missed nine or 10 kicks. It was just uber frustrating. Uh, no interest in that player. Agree. And uh, if there's anything else uh, you wanted to add on the Saints, so we mm-hmm. get off to Tampa. No, unfortunately, we got to talk about the Buccaneers next, and that, that's not going to be an easy conversation. <laughs> <laughs> The mighty have fallen. Uh, they have. Uh, they have definitely fallen, but l- lots to talk about. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Make sure you are subscribing. And, uh, yeah, that's Team in Transition. We'll talk about them next, Wiz. You got it.